You know, it really is a good thing for us to look back and see all that God has done. In fact, the Bible tells us that remembering is a spiritual discipline. So as we look back over the last two years, there are things to celebrate, no doubt. There are also things to grieve and be grateful that we are hopefully behind us. But through it all, to see God's faithful hand and to worship Him as we've been doing and will continue to do. And it's also good not just to look back, but to pause and take stock of where we are right now. To ask the question, how are we doing in this moment? To get a sense of uh, how the church is. Now, there's a lot of studies being done about the church in the post-COVID world. Lots of data flowing around about the impact of the last two years on the church in America and in the world. And quite frankly, some of the information and some of that data is concerning. But we're not asking about how the church is doing in the world. We're asking, how are we doing? How's Chapel Street Church doing in this moment? Are we a healthy church? And if so, how do we know that we're healthy? What do we look at to get a sense of that? Well, historically, pastors and church leaders have looked at only two things, really, attendance and giving. Uh, People showing up and people giving generously. And while those are important things to count, they're certainly not the only things that count in understanding where we are in terms of, are we a healthy church? So I want to lead us through uh, looking at three categories of us as a church. How are we doing and how healthy are we financially, because that matters, it's a key metric, organizationally, and spiritually or missionally, people living on mission for God. So first, financially. How are we doing financially? Let me begin by saying, over the last two years, we have seen record levels of generosity at Chapel Street Church, more giving, more money coming in and going out than ever before in our history. In fact, inside of this little circle here that you see on the screen is money given in over the last two years. And these four little icons on the outside, this is money given out over the last two years. Without going into too much detail, we have given away over $2 million to the work of God outside of our walls over the last two years. I just want to pause and say, praise God for his provision, for the way he has blessed us to bless others. And thank you to all of you who've been generous to that vision and mission over the last two years and long before that. We've also seen one of the key numbers here is number of new givers. This is one of the key indicators of a healthy church. More new people connecting and deciding to contribute financially to the work of God in the local church. We've seen record numbers of new givers. And this last number here, $120,000 through neighborhood church generosity, because you as a church family were more generous in December than we anticipated, far more generous, we decided to be more generous than we had planned outside of our walls. And so we gave away an additional $120,000 just this year to local churches because we care about the work of God, not just here, but in other churches as well. It's been so much fun to bless those pastors who weren't even asking for it and to say, we believe in you, we pray for you, we want to bless you. So to those of you who give faithfully to the mission here, again, thank you. Your giving honors God and it's making a difference. To those of you who haven't taken that step yet, perhaps you've connected online or in person, but you haven't given yet generously uh, or, or at all, let me just talk to you about growing in generosity by drawing a little staircase here. You know, we're all in process in every area of our lives. And when it comes to generosity, we're all growing in in process as well. For some of you, you've never given before. So maybe for you, it's just the first step. Make a gift. Take a first gift of giving of what God has blessed you with to the local church, giving back to God of all that he's given you. 
And then some of you, you give, but you only give when it occurs to you. And so maybe the next step for you is to become consistent in your giving, rather than just when you think about it, to set aside a consistent pattern of giving. And then for those of you that are consistent, the next step would be how much? Proportional. To make a prayerful decision about how much of your resources that God has blessed you with, you will give away. Proportional giving. And the last step, and I think this is where God wants us all to get to in his time, where he's, he's working on all of our hearts, is to become joyful and extravagant givers. Those who are excited about and think and pray about, how can I give more to what God is doing? This doesn't just mean the local church. It means to God's work in the world. So for all of us, I think it's worth us looking at this and thinking, where am I? Where's my family? And what's the next step that we could take? Well, there's more that we could say there, but it's exciting to see that we're doing well financially and we're praising God and thanking all of you. Next, organizationally. Now, the church is not an organization. It's not a business institution. But it is made up of people who are organized. The church, of course, is a spiritual body of which Jesus Christ himself is the head. But it is human beings organizing together to accomplish his mission. And of course, he is the most important part of any faithful church. And all of you, as members of his body, are key to that mission. But I want to speak to you about two subsets, our staff and our church board. Our staff, our 67 staff members, full and part-time staff, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for these individuals. Over the past two years, our staff have faithfully labored to find new ways to do ministry and meet needs. They've innovated. They've stayed the course. They've labored in prayer. And I just, if you know a staff member, tell them how much you appreciate them because I know that I certainly do. I am so, so grateful for our staff. While many churches over the last two years have had to cut staff or put a freeze on hiring, by God's grace, we've added 23 new staff members with a net gain of four staff And it's exciting to see these new staff come on board and bring their gifts and talents to bear on what God is doing here. Over on the right is our executive team. The four of us are the subset of the staff that lead the other staff members and departments. Of course, you know me, Pastor John Bechtel, our executive pastor over ministries, Abe Doncel, executive director of operations, and Jen Gomel, the head of HR, our human resources. The four of us meet weekly to pray and help bring leadership and clarity to our staff as they seek to lead and to bless all of you. Next, let me talk to you about our church board, our executive council. I really don't know how to communicate to you how thankful I am for these men and women. They're not staff members. They give of their time and energy uh, in ways that I'm so profoundly grateful for. Over the last two years, their faithfulness in prayer, their wisdom in leadership, their support and encouragement and challenging of me has been invaluable. Many times we've had emergency Zoom calls to decide how are we going to respond to this crisis or to this new issue that's come up in the culture. I lean on them more than they know. They are, frankly, my bosses. Well, Jesus is my boss, but he's using these men and women to lead me as I seek to lead Chapel Street Church with all of our staff. So to our executive council, I am so thankful to God for these men and women. They are uh, appointed and elected by our church membership to serve, and they serve so beautifully and so well. So if you know an executive council member, or even if you don't, I want you to see their names and faces so that you could know them and thank them as well. There's more to say about our organization, but we're doing well organizationally. Last, and perhaps most important, I'm going to speak to you about how we're doing spiritually or missionally. Meaning, how are we doing in terms of accomplishing the mission God has given us? We could spend 
hours telling stories about people experiencing grace, growing in faith, and making an impact. But I want to look at a few data points which highlight many of those stories and give you a, a, a picture of how we're doing. Over the last two years, 257 people have gone through Rooted. That's our 10-week course about the mission and life of God. And if you've never been through Rooted and you're looking for the next step, let me encourage you, get involved in a Rooted class. Keep in mind, 257 people during a time when we couldn't even meet in person. Many of them met via Zoom class for a while. And that number continues to grow. 165 people taking the step of baptism to publicly declare that they belong to Jesus. One of the key indications of how we're doing spiritually. We launched a campus in North Aurora during a pandemic. We launched a fo our fourth campus during a global pandemic. I had pastor friends who said, are you sure that's the right time? That's kind of amazing. And it is amazing. By God's grace, that campus is flourishing. New people coming every week, and they're doing well. And then our online services and new connections. We've seen 3,000 people, new, con new connections over the last two years. Much of that has to do with our online services. Prior to COVID, we'd never streamed any services at all. And now we see God using that in profound ways. In fact, I regularly talk to people who are shut in or can't get out for health reasons who say thank you for the online services. It's our lifeline and our connection to what God is doing in Chapel Street Church. Please don't stop those services. So to those of you who are watching, asking that question, don't worry. We're not stopping. Online services are not a, a replacement of being in person if you're able to come but they are a great supplement uh, to in-person ministry, and we see God using that in powerful ways. Of course, there's more that we could say, and every one of these numbers represent lives that matter to God, but we see God working in us missionally as well. Let me just talk to you about how our congregation is doing, how I sense we're doing as a whole. And I want to talk to you about this by drawing four buckets. I'm a visual learner. Maybe this will help you as well. The first bucket is those that I would say are more engaged. Over the past two years, COVID has caused them to lean into Jesus more, to be more connected in community, in Christian community, to dig into his word more, to be more on mission in their lives and connected with the work of the church. And that's many of you. And praise God for you. Keep at it. The next bucket are those that over the last two years have become less engaged. You're not disengaged. You're just not as engaged. Maybe there's been some distraction, some disappointment, some loss, some, you've gotten out of the habit and you've just drifted a bit. And we see that happening as well. The fourth bucket are those who are, well, quite frankly, they're just not here anymore. They're gone. And there's no secret that over the last two years, there's been a great exodus. People have moved away, many of them, it seems like, to Nashville or to Florida. And so for those of you in Nashville and Florida who moved away, hello, we miss you. But also, people have just changed churches, and there are good reasons to change churches. It's not all bad. Or some have just drifted away entirely and need to be drawn back. And then the last fourth bucket are those who are new. Meaning, they were not, they did not, were not here before, prior to COVID, and over the last two years, they're connected. Now, some of those have come from other churches, moved into the area, and that's wonderful. But many had no church connection, no relationship with God prior to the last two years, and now they do. And that is what we're all about, seeing people experiencing grace, growing in their faith, and making an impact, being drawn in to the life that Jesus offers through the local church. So let's go to the last slide here and just ask this question one more time. 
How are we doing? As we celebrate and look back and then take stock of what we're doing now, are we healthy? Are we doing okay? Well, I think with, with, with all humility, I can tell you, based on these data points and others, yes, we're a healthy church. We are not a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. We are not a church without flaws or without challenges or areas where we need to grow and seek God's grace daily. But because of his grace, and thanks to many of you, we're doing well. We've seen God do remarkable things over the last two years. We are uniquely poised for what he has for us in the future, which we'll talk about later in this service. So once again, thank you to all of you for being a part of what God is doing here at Chapel Street Church. What a privilege it is to be part of the local church. Now more than ever, the mission of God and the gospel in the local church is needed in the world. What a great thing it is to come together to celebrate and to worship him, which we're going to do right now across all of our campuses by singing the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's a great song to sing right in the middle of this service after seeing the videos that we saw, and I have to agree with Pastor Jeff 100%. What a privilege it is to be part of what God has been and still is doing and will do here at Chapel Street Church. I hope you paid attention to the numbers and things Jeff was talking about. I mean, when this whole thing started two years ago, you know, we were behind the scenes thinking about surviving as a church. How do you survive when you can't even meet together? How's that going to happen? And not only did we survive, but we planted a church in the middle of a pandemic. You guys right here. And you all clap to that. You can clap again. And we, we, we opened an expansion to Shepherd's Heart Care Center. That was like a million-dollar expansion. And on top of all that, gave away, which I didn't even know until this week, though Jeff told me that number, we gave away $2 million to other ministries all over the world and to our community during a global pandemic. That is amazing and astonishing, and we have so much to be grateful to God for what he's done in and through Chapel Street. I'm only going to talk for a couple of minutes, which, a few minutes, which will be a blessing to you, I, I assume. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite Chapel Street stories happened a few years ago when we just had one campus, South Street Campus, and we were called something different, First Baptist Church of Geneva. But we used to use our church buildings, um, the community used them as polling places during election season. And so it was an election season, and um, so our uh, South Street lobby was full of polling booths and people crammed in there who aren't usually part of our church. Uh, to wait their turn to vote. So I got to church one, that Tuesday morning and was going to go to my office, which was kind of uh, behind where all the polling places were, so I had to walk through the crowd of people. And a guy stepped out who I did not recognize, a man maybe in his late 60s, early 70s, and he kind of stepped in front of me and stopped me, and he spoke in kind of a tone that I, I, it sounded like he might be upset. I wasn't sure. He said, hey, are you the pastor here? I said, uh, yes, sir, I am. And he kind of nodded over his head in the direction of the sanctuary. We were in the lobby. And he went, what are you doing in there? I said, excuse me? He goes, what are you doing in there? I drive by this place every Sunday morning. There's cars parked everywhere. I want to know what you're doing in there. And so I said, well, uh, uh, we do our best. We worship God together. And we do our best to, to preach and teach his word. And we follow Jesus. And then he looked kind of confused. And maybe disappointed, he went, oh, I just see all these cars, and I just wonder what you're doing in there, he said. <laughs> and I'm convinced now more than ever that there are so many people 
thousands of people right here in our local communities like that guy. That is, they don't really know what we're doing in here. Their view of the church or their view of faith or their view of the Bible or their view of God or, uh, has been shaped or twisted by whatever lousy experience they had in a church years ago. And they just left. And they haven't come, gone back. Uh, and they don't know that there's a place like this right close to where they are. They've sort of believed the cultural narrative that, that church is irrelevant and hopelessly out of touch anymore and not really with the culture. So the question is, what do we do in here? Now, Jeff did a great job outlining kind of what, where we've been the last couple of years, where we are now, how healthy we are now, even though we still face challenges. But what does all this tell us about where we're going as a church? Well, our vision and purpose as a church is to be a family of neighborhood churches committed to help people experience grace, grow in faith, and make an impact where they are. We say this all the time. That's because we believe Jesus meets people right where they are. Whether they're in church, out of church, in, at work, in their neighborhoods, whether they know him yet or not, he meets people where they are. And we believe that as followers of Jesus, we can make an impact right where we are, wherever we live, wherever we're planted. Even our name, Chapel Street Church, carries that meaning. That each of our homes, each of our houses, our apartments, our dorm rooms are to be kind of like little mini chapels on the street where we are. Places where Jesus is known. Places where, where God is worshipped. Like Jeff said, we believe the church is called by Jesus to have an impact. Uh, not only inside our walls when we gather here. Uh, for worship or for Bible study or for fellowship, but also outside of our walls, uh, when we're in our homes, in our places of work, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. And we believe that the best way for us to be the church uh, is, at this, especially at this moment in our culture, is not to build one bigger and bigger building somewhere uh, that, so people can drive from further and further away just to be in this one big place. A lot of churches do that, and that's fine. That's just not our vision. We think the best way is to become a family of smaller churches, of neighborhood churches, so that people can worship with people that they live near in their communities, or that kids, uh, students can go to youth gatherings with people they go to school with, or kids recognize people from school. We think that's a good thing, so it makes it easier for you to invite someone to join you for worship, maybe, maybe for an Easter service, or maybe for a children's event right here in North Aurora. So here's what this means for Chapel Street as a whole, we're going to continue being one church in four locations. Here, North Aurora, at South Street, at Kesslinger, and at Mill Creek. We're also going to be open to the Holy Spirit leading us, leading our leadership, uh, to other locations potentially in the future. Now, we don't know yet. We don't have anything on the radar screen. We don't know if that could be next year or uh, two years from now, whether it's going to be in South Elgin or in Sugar Grove. We don't know, but we're open to that because we believe the Lord's led us to this vision of being a family of neighborhood churches. And if we're going to do that, that means we must always be about identifying and, and building up next-generation leaders. Every ministry we begin, every campus we begin, needs leadership. So one of the things we are committed to as a church is developing uh, next-generation leaders. We do this in a number of ways. You may be aware of some of these, but we have a summer internship program called Leadership Institute, where college students, typically college students, a lot of whom grew up in our church, come and serve with us, work with us for uh, 10 weeks in the summer. 
like a summer job in ministry to find out whether the Lord's calling them into ministry or not. And we've hired some of those people eventually. We've begun a new program now, a one-year residency program in worship and children's ministries for the same purpose, to give more experience uh, for younger people in ministry, a one-year program. And then we have our two-year pastoral residency program uh, that will prepare uh, next campus pastors, uh, people to follow in Pastor Andrew's footsteps, Pastor Joe's footsteps. And we are right now interviewing for our next pastoral resident. So we need leadership. The second thing it means is that we'll continue to look for and develop ways to identify and meet needs in our local community, like Shepherd's Heart Care Center. That's how that began. And it's just mushroomed into this huge ministry that touches our whole region. Or our care groups that offer hope and healing to those going through a difficult life situation. Or our moms and children's ministries. Or different ways that, that this campus can reach out perhaps to the students or staff right at Schneider Elementary, right across the street. Or our marriage ministries. Uh, we have our next couples event coming up. For those of you who have been to those events, coming up two weeks after Easter, April 29th and 30th, where everyone's invited. You can invite couples to join you, and God may touch and heal a marriage. But what does it mean right here specifically for this campus, for North Aurora? Well, Pastor Andrew and I spent some time together this week just talking about this. And we talked about a couple of things in particular. First, we talked about the, the unique community that, that you have built here in just a few months since this, this campus was launched. And I think it's truly uh, unique. I've only been here, this is my third time, I think, being with you, and it's unique among all of our campuses. There's a unique sense here. I can't really explain it, but Andrew and I talked about it. You can feel it when you're here. I feel it when I come in. I feel it when I sense your worship. I feel it when I sense your community. And I believe it comes from the Holy Spirit. I do. It's a warmth it's a, it's a caring, it's a sense that you love each other, that you pray for each other. And I get the sense that anyone who walks through these doors, even if it's their first time, would sense that same thing and be drawn toward it because it's truly unique. And you've done a great job of doing that, and it's so good. Anyone coming here can know that they're seen and known and loved. But Andrew and I talked about a second thing. That is, and this is a challenge, is that you, you shouldn't hoard that community for yourself. <laughs> and I know that we're saying that uh, and it makes you smile. But it's so unique and so special that I think God has given it to you as a gift to share. The world around us, this local community, is full of people that are longing for that community that you already know. And they don't know it exists. They don't know there's a church right here where they can feel those things and know those things. Like I said, I'm convinced that so many people around us don't know what it is that we do in here. I have no idea. Perhaps more than any of our other Chapel Street campuses, you here at North Aurora have the opportunity and I think the responsibility to get to know your neighbors, to serve your neighbors. And what's your neighborhood? I think there's two ways to think about it. One, right here in North Aurora, hundreds of homes, hundreds of families within one mile in any direction of where you're planted right here. That's your first neighborhood. But also, your neighborhood as a church is wherever each one of you lives. So your neighborhood as a church is where each one of you might live right now, where you work, where you go to school. 
You can be known as a chapel on your street. You can be known as being part of that church on the corner that cares, that loves, that serves. And through you, people can come to know something about who Jesus is. You know, we're all aware that the last couple of years, this, whatever we're going to call it, looking back, the season of COVID, has taught us all, has sort of conditioned our whole society to be fearful. To be fearful. To be distrustful of others. To distance. We've been literally taught to stay away from each other. And I think that's going to linger in our culture for a while. I think it will. Because I've seen it. I've felt it myself. And the thing is, uh, that's not what Jesus taught us to do. He didn't teach us to stay away from our neighbors. He taught us to love our neighbors. And maybe there's never been a more important time to love our neighbors. Uh, Lorena and I took a walk the other day. You know, we had nice weather, middle of the week, and then it snowed yesterday, and then it got nice again today. But we went out to walk. We like to walk when the weather's nice. We walked in our neighborhood. I noticed everybody else doing the same thing. People emerging out of their homes like, like caterpillars out of cocoons. Wait, no, I guess that'd be butterflies, right? But they look more like caterpillars, but they're coming out of their, their homes. People emerging out into the light again. And it struck me, this is happening literally and figuratively all across our communities. People coming out of hiding, as it were, longing to connect again in some way. And add that to a world just full of bad news. And I think people are longing for just a little bit of good news. You know, we talk about life getting back to normal some sort of sense of normalcy, and we can all feel that a little bit. Um, but it strikes me that for us, that means, you know, in-person worship, which is good, being together, making coffee again, having lunch like you will today, a lot of you after services. But how did Jesus define normal? I don't think he ever uses that word, but normal for Jesus is love God, love your neighbor. Never changes. Middle of a pandemic, love God. Love your neighbor. We're the people who move not away from our neighbors, but move toward them. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. And what he means by that is that the world around us, the people who live around us, the people who live in your neighborhood, the people who live on your street, will only know about him. Anything they, they, they want to know about him or want to know about his church will come from us. That's his primary marketing plan. You know, it's, it's us, you. We're called out of the world to follow Jesus, to be part of his church, and then we're sent back into it as his witnesses. So Jesus wants us to grow, to experience his grace, to grow in faith, and make an impact where we are because we are the church. We are the church. We exist for each other, for this family right here at North Aurora, to know each other, to care about each other, to pray for each other, to love each other. But we also exist for those who aren't here yet. Those who are outside the walls. Those who don't know that this community is here. Don't know what it's like to be seen and known and loved. We exist for our community. We exist for strangers. We exist for our neighbors. I'm going to finish with a, another one of my favorite stories. Um, this took place a few years ago. And a lady from our church told me um, that, that she had been at a local restaurant, coffee shop, with a friend of hers from the church. 
And they were just talking, and uh, she happened to overhear a conversation going on in the booth right behind where they were sitting. She wasn't trying to overhear. You know, you're at a restaurant. You're not really trying to do this. But you hear something, and it kind of sparks your interest, so you start sort of listening. Well, that happened. And the conversation behind her in the booth turned to church. That's what perked her ears up. And the conversation went something like this. One lady said, well, um, we, we go to such and such a church, but we're really thinking about changing churches. Talked a little bit, and another lady says, well, we used to go to church a long time ago, but then we just kind of drifted away and stopped going. And then the third lady said, well, I don't go to church at all. But if I did, I'd go to Chapel Street Church. And then she explained why, about things she had heard, people she knew who went here. And she was convincing these other ladies to try Chapel Street when she didn't even go here. <laughs> and I love that story because it means somewhere along the line, that lady knew someone who told her about what was happening here. And even though she hadn't attended yet, and I hope maybe she has by now, she became a, a witness of sorts about what was going on here when she wasn't even here. And there's something that, that's powerful about that story to me. We can all be part of stories like that. And that's the kind of church, I think, God's calling us, Chapel Street, North Aurora, to be. Let me close with prayer, and then we'll finish the service. Lord, thank you today for your faithfulness to Chapel Street over many, many decades now, but especially over these past two years. And I thank you for this North Aurora family, for the unique gift of community you've built here in our building here, for Andrew and Eric and, and all the other leaders here. I ask you to bless them. Bless each person and family that calls this their church home. And bless them with your strength, your grace, your love, so that they in turn can and will bless this community. And these things I ask in your name. Amen.